Good evening, and thank you for joining Conversations from St. Olaf's. I'm Simon McFall. Tonight on The Conversation, we're joined by Jason Harding, Principal Keyboardist of the Utah Symphony. Thanks for joining us. Jason, I'm so happy that you had the opportunity to join us. I've been thinking a lot about you and music. And one of the things I've been thinking about is that music plays such an integral part in our own uh, physical and emotional well-being. So it got me to thinking, who can I talk to about how musicians are dealing with COVID and the pandemic? So maybe just talk a little bit about you know, what's your journey been like as a musician during this time? Okay, well, um, I'll back up a little bit. So pre-pandemic, in addition to my symphony work, you know, so basically what I did was I went from one overloaded schedule to a different kind of overloaded schedule where I was playing so many recitals and concerts um, that it was just a new kind of stress and just constant, constant you know, my brain never turned off when it came to like, okay, what's the next program? Have I finished memorizing that piece? When, how many weeks out am I from whatever the next deadline is? Because there was no playing to be done. And I just had no interest in like, oh, I'll generate some online content for Facebook to just, I, I needed a break so badly and the world gave it to me (laughs) whether I wanted it or not I had sort of burned that candle down to the to the bottom I just had nothing left so a little bit serendipitous that you know you hit this period of time where you needed a little bit of a break and as you said the whether you wanted or not the world provided one so two months pass and then then what how do you then start to reinvigorate yourself? How did you, you know, do some self-care, I'm sure, as you yeah, prepared to move I, forward? When I first started to sit down at the piano again, I, uh, yeah, that's a self-care. Actually, I don't, I'm sort of turned off by that term usually, but that's a great usage for, like, that's, that's exactly what I was doing. Because when I started practicing again, I was like, I'm just going to pick a piece or two that I really love without any, you know, no deadlines, no... Um, time constraints and I'm just going to take my time because usually my my thing is because I can um, I've sort of gotten myself to the point where I can learn music quickly and I can memorize pretty quickly Um, uh, the first thing I did was uh, you know I learned a Chopin ballade and a Mozart sonata and I was taking I was taking like a week on three pages of music that in my former life I would have spent a day on and considered it learned, you know, and to just like go that slowly Hmm. and to feel like I could just repeat things as many times as I wanted. And there was no, um, there was just no other deadlines or pressure on, on my pianistic life to, to hurry me along. So, yeah, it felt like I really eased back in with just a more careful and thoughtful, considered approach to, to, to playing music. Did you find, I, I'm curious, did you find it reinvigorating? Did you find it, you know, awakening pieces of your artistic and creative self that 
maybe had gone into slumber or had gone a little numb through, you know, sort of the drones yeah, and everything else um, you were doing? I'm not sure how, I don't think I would describe it quite that way. I know, you know, um, but it just, there was this, just a relaxed attitude about everything um, that I, I feel like I haven't had maybe ever in my life because you know even when you're a kid you're like thinking like oh i got a lesson next week and my teacher assigned me this much to do and i better get it done and it just felt like the first time in my life i was practicing without literally no concert in mind or no deadline or just just because i needed to play these pieces and that's incredible so so now like i mean so you you, you start to play again you start to mm -hmm. to to get back to it but eventually, you know, music starts to pick up. And as you said, digital content does start to show right. up in various places. And and one of the places was the Teton yeah, Music Festival. Music is that correct? Yep. And you did that recently in the Cathedral right. of the Madeline here in Salt Lake. So talk to me now as you now have gone back through that. So now you're getting back to performing. How does that shift occur? And how is that? Yeah. Uh, so that I think going really through? starting in the fall, the Utah Symphony was back in, in person for a few months. And we created some digital content similar to this Teton Festival event you're talking about. And so I, you know, I sort of got back in the swing of things, but not just nearly not at the volume or the pace that I was experiencing pre-pandemic. So the Teton Festival is, you know, it's up in Jackson, Wyoming during the summer. And they obviously had to cancel their festival last summer so they they did something similar they invited a small handful of people out to create some virtual content that they posted online and realized that they were they got a lot of traction a lot of a lot of eyes and ears on on the stuff they put out so they decided that because they you know they invite musicians from all the major metropolitan areas in the states they decided to do this gtmf on location series uh, during this 2021 season where, you know, they film a concert in New York with musicians who play at the festival. And then they'll do one, you know, they did one in Houston. I think there's one from Atlanta coming up, Chicago. They were basically saying, it's got to be a church. We're just going to, we're going to keep that theme. And, you know, where would you want to play? And so, yeah, it was just, just sort of a group discussion about where to do it. And obviously, the Cathedral of the Madeleine, in terms of visual settings for any it's just the most stunning place to have a concert as you said you you came back sort of in the fall and just a few days ago uh, the utah symphony announced that they're coming mm -hmm. back in person to a bravano hall excited how do you feel about the the return and and do you have any idea of how that returns gonna I, look i mean as far forward? as i know so far we're returning to the model we left off at with which is like small orchestra that's socially distanced on stage very you know much spread out over the whole stage so, you know we have a safety plan that we agreed on with management, which I think is somewhere around the range of like 40 players max on the stage is all that's allowed. Because if you have the proper social distancing between all the players, that's all we can fit. And then the county has its own regulations on, you know, distancing of audience. So I believe, mm -hmm. you know, when we ended in the fall that the cap was about 500 people in Bravanel, which sits like, 2800 people very much small pockets of people spread throughout the hall i feel i mean it'll be great to just be back and even when it's a small audience out there it's 
it means something, you know, this, these recording projects are fun. Um, but you know, you're, you know, someone makes a mistake and you're like, okay, let's do another take of that movement. It's not really a performance. It elevates it. Right. Like I'd imagine that there's this, this, uh, sense i don't know what, how would you describe that that sense when you're performing live versus the recording how's that emotionally well, feel to the musician i mean as soon as you press the record button everyone that you know their shoulders tense up and the hair on their back and their neck stands up you know i mean it's just like oh okay we you know this is one for the record books like and you know we've just been we've been in a situation too where all of the recording stuff that i have done the no one has wanted to send um no one has wanted to pay for like major post-production so it's like if you ran through this movement twice you have to pick a complete take of the movement we can't combine them we're not going to edit out mistakes none of that so it um because that is kind of an expensive uh add-on for for companies so so basically you'll be like oh, well, I had that wrong note in take one, but the violinist had a wrong note in take two. And like, you know, they might, you know, people might want to use the take where you messed up. <laughs> so it's just, it, in some ways, it's more pressure at these recording uh, situations with a group because you might have to, your goal is to play multiple takes of whatever you're working on, totally perfect. So that whatever take is selected you know you're playing your best whereas a concert i'm not saying that anyone likes to mess up in a concert but you you're throwing yourself at it and you're going for it and you a little mistake is not going to ruin anyone's night but a little mistake on a recording can be played over and over and over again and obsessed over you know that's kind of the difference so now i mean does looking ahead you know looking forward where do you see you know what lessons can you take away from the pandemic from the time away from those traditional live performances? And maybe, you know, wh where do you see evolutions occurring? in live um, Well, I think know? a lot of things. I don't think we have time to talk about all of the things I think about. I mean, I know that feel that I've heard from almost all of my colleagues is when things get back to normal, you know, air quotes, normal, I'm going to say no to a lot more stuff. I've heard so many people say that, like I was just, you know, you hear your colleagues say, oh, I was just doing too much. And, and obviously the way I started this whole thing off, I feel the same way that I, it really comes down to, you know, I used to, if, okay, so I have my full-time job and someone offers you X amount of dollars to play this concert that would, you know, represents an additional amount of work to what you're already doing for your job. Right. And I used to justify saying yes to that extra gig by saying, oh, that's, you know, that's college money for the kids. That's, uh, um, that's, you know, an extra mortgage payment at the end of the year. I'm doing this for my family. And now I'm like, no, my family would rather spend the time with me kicking a soccer ball around or going on a hike. They don't want me out of the house, like making that extra $400. Who cares? Like, I think that's the biggest shift in my thought process just going forward say no say yes to my family say no to everyone else probably sometimes right. the most difficult thing to do professionally right is to say no 
but you're right. You know, those, those moments and those minutes that you have with your kids, you'll never get back. You may get another off offer to play. Yeah. You, you won't get those moments back with your kids. Uh, <laughs> it's a wise decision, my friend. It's a very wise. And, and then knowing your family, I'm yeah, sure well, it's greatly appreciated. You know, I have definitely spent, so. you know, the four of us have spent more hours together per day in this last year than I think, you know, since the first year they were born when we were both around all the time, you know, but it's been, obviously it's come with its challenges, but you know, I've been surprised that the guys, you know, our boys don't, they don't express that they're sick of us or they're sick of each other and they deserve to be, <laughs> but we're getting along, you know, it's all, it's going, it's going okay. That's incredible. Well, I, I, you know, I think the evolution and the arc of the tra travel through the pandemic that you've described is really, you know, critical and important. And I think that if your takeaway from the pandemic is that, you know, maybe life reminded you that it's important to slow down and maybe it's more important to say no to things that are professional and yes to things that are personal. Um, that's a blessing, right. my friend. That's a true gift that you received yeah. in these very difficult and challenging times. Yeah. Well, listen, Jason, it has been uh, good to catch up. It's been good to visit with you. Um, what message, you know, certainly what message would you love to give people right now um, as we're sort of still in the throes of this pandemic and still trying to find our way through it? Um, as I alluded to earlier, I think music plays such a vital role in our health and mental and emotional well-being. What message would you give to people right now as they're looking for outlets, as they're looking, uh, maybe they're performers, maybe they're just, you know, avid listeners. Where would you tell them to turn right oh, now if they need that well, fulfillment mean, in their music? I, I, I know what I keep telling myself, which is try not to get frustrated and just be patient. And we're all we all want this to be over now. And it's not. And I I don't feel like I'm wise enough or important enough to be giving other people advice. But when I. I feel like I'm talking to myself a lot and saying, just, just keep your cool. Just keep, stay, stay in the zone and be a good dad and, and don't overthink this. You know, I, you know what, Jason, there is no magical message, but what you're saying is what's important. You know, I think if nothing else, what I've learned from the pandemic is the things that are most critical in our lives are the mm -hmm. things that we should really be giving the most attention to and to be a dad and to spend time with your family. I mean, there's nothing more important than that. So thank you so much for spending some time with me tonight. And uh, I appreciate. Thanks again for joining us this evening. I hope you enjoyed our time with Jason. And as always, good night and God bless.